Yelp is one of the grossest things to ever happen to humanity. Like, you know that person in your group who, whenever they speak, you just want to beat the shit out of them? Yelp exists for that person. It's like Twitter, but without character limitations. They just think, I am interesting and do not eat here. Like, to me, people on Yelp and feminists have a lot in common. They were both a niche group of people with a fair point that just took it too far. First off, I'd like to start by apologizing to any feminist and any Yelp users. My intention... <laughs> uh, no, no, I don't want to apologize. I think that that's kind of funny. Um, it seems unfinished, but whatever. I'll work on it. I'll work on it and it'll be even funnier. Or even it'll be even just funny, maybe. I don't know. It could be one of the two. Um, man, welcome back. We're going to do this every two weeks now, so I kind of like this. I like this new format. It, it gives me more time to like edit it and really put something out that's like not just a recording. Because like I say, every single time I do one of these, anybody can do one. And in trying to separate myself from like the vast sea of podcasts it's it's just this flooded market right now and we're getting more information than we've ever needed and like here i come along just saying hey everybody i'm doing one too you should listen to mine but look they're like why why should i listen to that one because you got cool artwork hmm maybe because you got a good profile picture on instagram i mean those are okay reasons, but that's not really what I'm going for. I think just getting an extra week just gives me time to put something out that I'm more proud of. Because uh, usually, and not that I'm not terribly proud of all 21 of these that I've done so far, but if I have more time to edit and take care of it, I just put something out that I'm more proud of. Like the more time that you put into something, I feel like the more proud of it you will be. Like, you remember when you took your first shit? How much time you put into learning how to poop properly? Is this a great comparison? I don't know if it's the best one, but I gotta follow through. Like, you know when you take your first shit by yourself? You know, you've been trying and failing for, at this point, I want to say seven years? I don't know. How old were you guys when you first pooped? properly um let's just say a number of years you've been trying for a number of years and you know you go ne you never go into the toilet where it's supposed to go you know sometimes you, you, you do it in other places like church you know when the guy's talking when he's when he has his uh you know his monologue his one man show going on he could do it then 
But then when you finally do it by yourself, you think all of that effort, all of that time, and all of that food is paying off. I'm just saying that you feel better about something when you put more time into it. That's all I'm saying. I don't know if that's the best comparison or if I should compare my podcast, my precious career. Should, is that, can I say that? My, 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 uh, my precious, uh, what's, the, what's the word? What's the word, Luda? Luda's my dog and she's unresponsive. I don't know if I want to, you know, summarize everything that I've ever done, this body of work, by comparing it to a piece of poop. But that's where we're at. That's where we're at in this. Um, really quick, I just got to do some housekeeping. I want to give another thank you to the Sati guys. Um, and if you guys haven't heard the last podcast, it is really okay. It is so okay. It's one of the most okay things I've ever done. I think it gets a 10 out of 10 on the ordinaire scale. Um, and yeah, just another thanks to them. Go listen to that one because it's, it's amazing. It truly is. I think I'm really proud of it. And I want as many people to hear it as possible because the Sati guys know what they're doing and they're good people and I love their company. And anyways, um, yeah, huge thanks to them again. And I'm going to have uh, some more guests on in the future, hopefully. Like if people hear that and they're like, whoa, you can make just a, a regular chat, a little sit down. And, you know, when we shoot the breeze, you can make it sound kind of cool. I want to do that. So hopefully other people hear it and they're like, I want to do that too. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, also I guess I got to ask people too, right? Jesus. Not everything just comes to you, Dan. You got to understand that. All right. All right. Um, what else? Just just normal things that I got to say. You know, if you want to keep in touch, just send an email to the email in the description, comedianordinary at gmail.com. Oh, ooh, did you hear that voice crack? Sorry, I'm going through second puberty. You know, like, you know when you hit the second one? Because the first one, everybody knows about the first one, but then when you hit it again, it your voice just drops just one more notch, and then, you know, you're subject to more voice cracks and stuff. Um, that's what that is. Yeah, and then on Instagram at comedian ordinaire, if you just wanna, you know, see some, some sillies and some some funnies, some sillies and some funnies and some, some other things. Uh, yeah, if you want to see those, just go to the Instagram. Oh uh, man, I want to get right into it. So I'm just gonna play the mic that I did last week at the Muni Information Cafe. Here's here's the mic. That I did last week. Your next comic coming up from the stage. Uh, one of the newer guys in town. I'm excited to see what you bring, guys. Make some noise for Dano! Yeah! Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's the void's filling in. Don't worry. It's gonna win. Sorry for coming up from the front, but um, I knew I was a terrible person when my girlfriend came up to me and she was like, Hey, have you heard about the Amazon fire? I swear to God, I thought the next word she was going to say was sale. It's like reaching for my wallet. She's like, really? You're going to donate? I'm like, to what? Like one day shipping? Is that what you mean? Um, 
I don't know, a lot of comedians here, I would assume, right? I see a lot of other comedians. Have you guys heard that one before? Because I got this fear that whenever I think of something that's time relevant, I need to go and tell it right away because I'm scared that somebody else has thought of it and said it already. Like, I go to a few of these open mics and I saw one comedian who had a great bit about stealing jokes. Uh, she, she was all like, she, she was like, uh, I, you know, I probably shouldn't do it on second thought, but it was really funny, but it was actually pretty good. Um, I saw a homeless guy living out of his van today and I thought, why don't you just live in it instead? <laughs> Problem solved. Somebody that I work with came up to me and said something pretty messed up. He was like, dude, I hate racist people. And I was like, why? And he was like, because they're all black. And I'm like, whoa, what the hell, dude? You can't. Like, I, I get it, but you can't say that. Uh, some good news. My baby niece just turned two years old, which is really exciting because now she's finally starting to talk. Like, just the other week, she was, uh, she was trying to say the word bridge uh, and... When she was saying it, it came out as bitch-ass motherfucker, which I have no idea where she learned that from because we put parental controls on her iPad, her iPhone, and her Apple Watch, so it's got to be the other kids, right? Um, and I never really used to want kids until recently something's come over me. I don't... Whatever. I've decided that I want three kids. That way I'll have one of each. A boy, a girl... Whatever the third one wants to be called, we'll figure that out when we get there, but... Um, and here's a hot take. I guess being a guy is hard. It's not something that you hear a lot. But in my opinion, it's at least 100% harder to be a guy than it is to be a girl. And I've only ever been one of the two, but I feel like I know what I'm talking about because I'm a guy. And I'm not saying that it's easy to be a woman. I'm just saying that it's easier. But like as a guy... You're born and you're obsessed with sex immediately, right? Straight out of the gate. We come out of the womb and we're like, hmm, that was nice. How do I get back in there? And then we die. Like, that's really all they have planned for us. Like, you ever get caught checking out a girl? You didn't even know you were looking at her. Just sort of fell into your field of vision. And now you got to apologize on your instinct's behalf. She's like, this vagina would split you down the middle. I'm like, no, you're, you're just showing so much cleavage. Like, what am I not supposed to look? That'd be like if I said, hey... Don't think about the color purple. What do you think about immediately? Tits, exactly, and that's my problem too. That's all I'm ever thinking about. Um, oh, what, what else? I told my family that I wanted to be a comic and they're like, oh, that's awesome. They're actually really supportive. And I was like, what should I talk about? And they're like, just talk about what you know and talk about what's true to you. And I was like, so jerking off? And they're like, well, nah, that's not really what I meant, but which, speaking of, beating around the bush sounds like masturbation done incorrectly. <laughs> You're audience member of the year. Thank you so much. Um, and people don't really like when I talk about jerking off, but I think those people should go fuck themselves. <laughs> cool, guys. Now I'm going to leave on that one. I'll give it up for Jose. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Hello, everybody. Hi. He's not aware that women also want to fuck, I guess. That's, 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 that's all right. That's a young guy thing. You'll get there. All right. Yeah. Um, so jokes that I've definitely done before, but that I feel comfortable just, they're sort of like fallbacks at this point. You know, I feel very comfortable with that set. Uh, and 
Look, Mutiny Information Cafe, I, I want to say this. I love Jose as a host. I think he's actually super funny, and I've gone to this open mic. Before I went up to go perform, I, it would be my one of my favorites to just go and watch because I liked him. I thought he was funny, and I liked the people that he put up first. And like, It's just a cool-ass place. I just like the place a lot. Um, and this particular night, it wasn't like super full. There's also this thing that I'm I'm trying to get better about it too, but like as soon as a comic goes up and performs, they leave, right? They don't stay to watch other comedians and comics perform and you know, I think about that too because really all I want to do after I go up is leave. Like I fucking that's so unprofessional. Sorry, I just got a damn email. Um Oh, yeah, dude, of course. Yeah, okay, I'll pay my goddamn insurance. What was I saying? Look, I get it. I get it. All I want to do after a set is leave. And maybe I want to do it for a different reason than other people. I don't know. It's just, you know, since I'm still very new to this and I hardly know what I'm doing at all, I still, I get nervous and... You know, the angst builds up as you're just sitting there waiting for them to call your name or tell you that you're coming up into whatever the case may be. So after I get off stage or stop performing and after I go sit down, I'm just like, oh, my God. And there's like a slight bit of adrenaline. And I mean, I just I don't necessarily want to be around a bunch of people or like. Oh, and I don't know if I have the ability to straight focus. Like every comedian that I end up watching after I sit down, I I half can listen to the set, and then I'm half thinking about what I just did. Um, and like I said, maybe it's because I'm still super new to this, and I don't I don't know. But yeah, all I want to do is like go outside and get a breath of fresh air and just take a deep breath. I'm like, holy shit! I finally don't feel anxious after because you know you get there like. Before the mic starts, 10, 15 minutes maybe to sign up. And and then you never know when you're going to go up. It could be an hour later. It could be two hours later. But that entire time you're sitting and you're just waiting. And the angst and anticipation just keeps building. So, yeah, I get it. I, I would like to leave too. But, you know, a lot of other comedians had left as soon as they performed. And so there wasn't very many people to speak in front of. I want to say that we, maybe like nine people, um, all of whom I think were other comics. Actually, no, that's not true. There were two people that came in um, kind of loudly. They were wearing, they, you know when you're wearing so much chains and like, other chains that you just make noise when you walk? It was like two janitors were walking in. And they, I mean, they were just kids. They were nice people, and they were great audience members. They laughed. They just, you know. Those were the only two people, I think, that weren't comedians that were watching. So, yeah, it was a bit of a smaller crowd, and it's not like I was going to go and get all ten laughs. It was like 11 o'clock. People are tired. They just really want to, like, go and perform and then go stand outside and talk to their friends. I totally get it. Am I justifying that I didn't have an amazing set by blaming the audience? Maybe. 
that could be something that I'm doing. I'm trying to be objective about it, though. I think the set went okay. Um, and yeah, you know, those are jokes that, like I said, I feel comfortable doing. And I've done them enough times where I'm like, I kind of get the rhythm and the pacing of it. But man, towards the end, when I'm like, I talked to the lady, I'm like, your audience member of the year. This woman had sat down through everybody's performance and was just so kind to every single comedian that went up. You know, there was a lot of people that were like trying to talk to her and like joke with her and tease her a little bit. Dude, she took it like a champ. Amazing. And I, I was just looking like I was looking at her like, who is this? Is she really like, is she just a fan of comedy so much so that she's watching open mics and just making every comedian feel 100% better about themselves? A great, it was a great laugh to hear in the middle of everything. And she sat there for every other comedian. And I was like, I guess she's just a super fan. But then, you know, after I got off and, you know, sat and watched a couple other comedians, I saw that she had left her seat and I'm like, oh shit, right? And I had gone to this mic with a good friend, Jeremiah. Shout out Jeremiah, man. I hope you're listening. I appreciate you coming out. Jeremiah also performed stand-up comedy and I think he killed it. Um, and, you know, you'll get to hear his set too in a little bit. But like I was saying, I saw this woman leave her seat and... And Jeremiah was like, hey, I think she's going up. We got to stay and watch her. You know, she's been so nice to everybody. I'm like, yep, you're absolutely right. We have to do it. Because when somebody's that nice, you don't just leave and not at least give them the courtesy of watching their set. And that's this new thing that I guess I'm dealing with. Do you just leave after you perform? Other comedians, if you're listening, like sincerely, what do you do? Do you stay and watch the whole thing that seems like the right thing to do you know you watch other people they watched you why don't you watch them you got more important shit to do i could get it if you're going to another mic immediately afterwards i don't know if there's one right after mutiny i'm still new to the game is there one after mutiny that people are going to who knows i know after mutiny i went to wendy's because they're open till one apparently and still sell food. It's crazy. Anyways. Yeah, that was a set. Um, and shoot, man. I'm just going to keep going with some of those jokes that I like. I'm going to keep trying to write new ones. And I think you know, you'll know when I have a new joke. Like I get really excited about it and I like to share it all over the place. I'll put it like in the front of the podcast or It'll be the next opener that I use or whatever. I get super excited about writing a new good joke. That's my shit. Oh, it's so good. So good. So I'm going to take some of those over and and we'll see. Also, one last thing that I have to say about that set. For as many times as I like practiced and rehearsed it and went over it, which couldn't have been more than like 20 times, but... And every single time that I did it and timed it out, it was five minutes, five seconds to five minutes, ten seconds. It just always sort of fell like right in that time slot. For whatever reason, and I'm still trying to figure this out. Um, 
Why why is it that when you go up and do it, it's like it'll never just match? It'll sometimes it'll be close, but like this time, I think it was less than it maybe was barely four minutes. Barely four. The thing that you just I had gone over so much, it at least hit over five every single time. It's so weird, man. And you know when you rehearse it or go over it, it's not like people are laughing at all. You don't have to wait for the laughter. Is it that the nerves and the angst speed it up? You think that's what... I don't know. Other comedians. I have no idea. Do you go through this? I sincerely don't know what that is. Um. Anyways, I'm excited to do... This is a comedian ordinaire first. I'm going to play somebody else's stand-up set. And I'm... I'm thrilled. I think it was funny. I will be the first to say Jeremiah, who I went to the open mic with that night. I'm pretty sure he was funnier than me. Why not? Why not? I, dude, I don't know. He got he got some laughs and he's a legitimately funny guy. And he knows what he's doing. He wasn't nervous. I mean, he didn't look nervous, but I thought it was great. And and he's like, yeah, man, go ahead. Share the audio. So I'm like, hell yeah, we're going to do that. That's amazing. So without further ado, the stand-up set of Jeremiah Bess. Time are coming up to the stage, guys. This is what we do. It. This is what it's all about. We got our first timer, y'all. Hell yeah. All right. We're going to be warm. We're going to be welcoming, guys. Welcome to the stage, Jeremiah Bess. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm actually here because I can't afford a therapist, so it's nice that you'll all listen to me talk for a minute. Um, I found out lions sleep for 20 hours a day. 23 hours a day? No, no, I said sleep. Yeah, I know, sign me the fuck up. Um, I heard a couple 9-11 jokes and I thought of this one. Uh, if I were to have a condom company, um, I would name it, not name it 9-11, because then people would never forget that. Um, thank you. Uh, I am a carpet salesman by day, um, just a normal person by night. Um, I poo a lot at work, uh, probably because of all the fiber. Um, I am not very political, but I do have one political view. Um, I know you guys don't really care about a straight white man's opinion, but the free the nipple campaign. What asshole hasn't passed that bill yet? I don't get it. Um, me personally, I'm all for it. We'll move on from that. Um, do you guys remember being in middle school and trying to be cool? Can we just remind middle schoolers that nobody in the history of ever was ever cool in middle school? I certainly wasn't. I mean, in elementary school, I uh, got to the end during like the pacer test before I had an asthma attack. That was pretty cool. Um, a stairway to heaven sounds like a lot of work. Is there an escalator to heaven? I mean, God has a lot of money, so maybe he could do like a ski lift or some shit. I don't fucking know. You know, this day and age, we all worry about followers on Instagram, Twitter, and everything. But you have to think, when Jesus was my age, he had to have had, like, hundreds of less followers. So, like, I'm not doing so bad. Let's see. It seems like uh, I saw that there was a bunch of stand-up comedians here. You're looking like a bunch of sit-down comedians here to me now. But, you know. Um... 
I dreamt of a medieval time last night. Did I have a nightmare? No? Nobody? Okay. Let's see. <laughs> uh, one, two. Uh, have you guys seen um, Les Miserables? Yes. Yes, awesome. I think John Valjean has dementia. Who am I? <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, do you guys remember as a kid? I grew up in a poor family, so they would get a, my dad would get us off-brand food. It'd be like, I don't know, Milk's eighth favorite cookie or something. Um, I always thought that was really cool uh, that they would make those shitty tasting foods. Um, but I joke more about it, but it would be in poor taste, so I won't. Hey. Um, also, Charles Manson only had 13 followers. Thank you. Bam! That was Jeremiah Bess doing stand-up for the very first time. And I get to share the audio of it. That's amazing. Dude, huge thanks to him for going with and then actually wanting to go up. Like, the first time that I really when i was like 19 and was like i'm gonna try to open mic for real um i just i had to go and like scope the place out first i had to just go know what i was getting myself into and i think i did that once or twice and i mean going with jeremiah like his first time he was like i'm just i gotta do it and I admire that. It's a brave thing. Like, I mean, it's not the easiest thing to do. They let anybody do it, but it's still a little bit nerve-wracking, at least for me. You know, we're young guns. We're not pros by any means. But Jeremiah killed it. And he told me that, you know, a lot of his jokes, they sort of, they live on Twitter, right? They, they live there, and it's like a good platform to share those types of thoughts and jokes. And something interesting that another comedian that night said was like, I wanna see if this is funny. And then she said something and she was, and it didn't go over super well. It not, not that it wasn't funny, but maybe just didn't land right. And she was like, that's weird. It got a lot of likes online, but it doesn't translate. And that's an interesting thing to me. I'm wondering what the huge difference is between the mediums. And not to get too far off topic of Jeremiah's set, but it's just it's something to think about. What is that exactly, that a joke can live in one place, do so well over there, but then when you take it here, it's just the same joke. I don't know. Maybe some jokes might just read better. Maybe that's a thing, right? Maybe that's a thing. I don't know, but I, I believe that most of Jeremiah's jokes did go over pretty well, um, and he told one 9-11 joke, which, I mean, not it's not an offensive joke, and it's funny, though. He just thought of it kind of while sitting there. A couple other comedians had said 9-11 jokes, and yeah, you heard him. He was like, and I just wrote this one. I will say the highlight of the set at least in my opinion, is the Les Miserables joke. That joke is funny as shit, dude. It's so good. 
It's such a good joke. And you hear uh, Jose, the host, at the end. He's like, whoa, musical jokes. Holy smokes. First time. God, glassing it up over here. Which he did. I thought it was awesome. And, dude, God, that's the thing, man. That's one reason why I really like doing this so much. Comedy I'm talking about. It's fun. That's the second person that I've gone with this year that that was their first time going up. It's weird. I'm popping all these comedy cherries. All right. It got kind of weird right there. No, but I'm helping people get into it like that are interested. And that's amazing. That's all I could ever ask for is that other people are interested in the same thing I'm interested in. That's crazy. Forever grateful to both Andrea, who I did a mic with in February, and Jeremiah, who I just did one with. That's awesome. You know, hopefully that becomes like a weekly mic. It's not the most poppin' or lively, but I love it, man. I just, it's a great place for me anyways. I think a lot of comedians like a mic that other comedians might not like the most. Did I say that right? Am I, am I wording this correctly? I, I don't know. I'm just saying, your favorite mic, if you're a comedian, might not be another comedian's mic. That's just how life is. We're all people. So, um, yeah, man, what a great said what a great time that was you know and i can't wait to do more open mics at a time it's weird like i'm finally at a time where i'm more excited i'd say like 51 percent excited 49 percent still kind of anxious about it but i definitely feel a little bit more excited than nervous or anxious to go do mics and that's awesome and yeah, there, there's something that, as a comedian, I'm sure a lot of other comedians might go through, and that's staying motivated and persistent and whatever, consistent, all the instants, distant. What am I saying? It's just, it's, it can be tough sometimes to go do it repeatedly. And I might have mentioned this before, but doing like one mic in a week, I feel great about that. And it and it lingers. That feeling of accomplishment sort of lingers for like a week, maybe two to three weeks even, depending on how I think the mic went. Ultimately, that's not that's not the best work ethic, and that's not the best way to approach this specifically, especially if you have a goal in mind and if you want to make it something. You know, it'll something will only give back to you as much as you give to it. I think that's fair. And when I feel like when I when I feel accomplished after doing a mic and I do a good one and and then I do a podcast to share it, that feeling of accomplishment, I can sit on that for like two weeks. I know that. I think that that's a flaw in my work ethic. However, I think being aware of it and, and speaking about it and opening the conversation, I'm wondering if other comedians experience this. If other comedians will do a mic and they're like, holy shit, that felt good. I'm going to take the year off. Something like that. I don't know. Or what's the drive behind doing multiple in a night? And like five to ten in a week. Because those comedians exist. I don't know if they sleep or what the hell their problem is. They hate their home life, maybe. I have no idea. I'm wondering what that is. And if 
this feeling of accomplishment lingers in any other comedians. You know, how do you, how do you stay motivated and how do you get going and how do you keep going? That's something that I think about a lot. And of course, you know, when you have a, a goal in mind, an end goal, and you know that it's going to take a lot of hard work to get there, you just not going to more mics feels bad sometimes and not performing as often as you should or you think you should feels bad sometimes. And that's just me being honest, I think. I It just, you know, you, you want to do more. You're not necessarily fighting for it. You know you want more as a comedian. You know, you have this vision or this goal. But for whatever reason, you're, you're not going for it. It's a strange thing to, to feel complacent or to feel at ease with baby steps. You know, like one mic in the grand scheme of things really isn't anything. 100 mics in the large pic- in the bigger picture still isn't anything. I don't know that I've even done 100 mics. At this point, maybe like 50. I have no idea. But yeah, you definitely, I know every comedian wants more. I know they wish they were doing it more. Every other comic I ask, like, how often do you do mics? Like, nine out of ten times. They're like, well, not as often as I want to. What What is that? Why are we not going as often as we want? Why? I know why I am not. I, at least I think I do. Is it sort of the same thing with other comedians? And like I said, nine times out of ten, these comedians are like, yeah, I don't go up as often as I as I should. But And then the other one-tenth of the time, they're always talking about, I go up every day. If you're not performing, you're not living. I need more cocaine. Who are you? You know, that's the other one-tenth. And not that all comedians do drugs, but all comedians have done drugs, I think. No doubt, right? I think about why I don't go up more often, and I'm pretty sure I'm just lazy. That's sort of what it feels like. Like it's so easy not to go. I can sit at home and tell myself I'm doing it right, you know? But part of me always thinks about what the coke addicts always say to me. You know, about comedy not being easy. I think what a lot of people don't know is the amount of preparation that goes into just a five-minute set. At least for me. Like if I have a real five-minute set done, I've probably spent like two or three hours just memorizing it. Let alone, you know, gathering enough material that you believe in. A lot of comics talk about how necessary bombing is. But I never really hear the opposite. Doing well or having a good set is the only reason I come back. I want more of that. I think that's the only reason anybody goes back. And I'm not the best at preparing. I don't think that I spend as much time as I should. Again, it's all this feeling of like I should be doing more, but I'm just going to kind of stay right here. But yeah, there's a decent amount of preparation, I, at, at least for me. I see some comics writing their sets out in their notepad or their notebook after they sign up for the open mic. They'll drive to the place. They'll go whatever. They'll get to the mic. Not prepared, without a set in mind at all. And then they'll sit there as they're waiting to be called up and get a set together. I've seen that before. So I know that preparation for comedians, it varies. It varies depending on who you're talking to and who you're looking at. 
But for me, you know, I'll get it together at home and I'll say it over to myself over and over and over. It's like I'm trying to memorize song lyrics. Like, you know when you hear, like, an Eminem song? Like, the Eminem song that he did with Logic, when that came out, I was like, I gotta memorize every word in this. It's the most fucking sick song I've ever heard in my life. I gotta know all the words. Spent, like, like two weeks memorizing a three-minute song. That's sort of what stand-up feels like. And it's, it's definitely not as dense. Or, I mean, it shouldn't be. There shouldn't be that many words. But, yeah, you spend a lot of time just memorizing five minutes. To go up without a notepad is showing everybody how much you've prepared or how comfortable you are with your material and how often that you do it. The notepad, to me, and I and look, I still use it. That's what I mean. But the notepad, to me, is a crutch. It's a fallback. And it helps me in a lot of ways. Like, because I am still very new to it, like I said, I get nervous before. I'm human. It happens. I'm not invincible. I don't go up like, ha-ha, everybody, this is, my, this is my set, and these are my balls. I'm not that confident yet. I'm getting there. But it takes a lot of prep. It takes a lot of preparation. And, you know, for me, I mean... I'll go over it at least 20 times the day of. And not that I do this every time. I think maybe like two or three times I just I went up and I was like, I'm just going to write jokes down that I already know and that I know how to tell. But I'm not going to try to figure out a flow to the set or anything like that or like how one joke sounds better after another. I'm just going to say a bunch of shit up there. And those went okay. They weren't terrible. I'm just I'm fascinated by how comedians work and how they get their sets together. And I'm wondering if it's comparable. But I do feel that a lot of comedians wish that they were working harder. And, you know, naturally so. I think the 9 out of 10 comedians I'm talking about, or maybe 8 out of 10, who knows, whatever. A good amount of comedians are naturally lazy. That's what I believe. I think... A majority of comedians were C students that just figured out how to do things their way but like still get by. That's a comedian to me. Not to say that that's all of them. There's got to be some with like 4.4 GPAs. I'm sure that woman, the audience member of the year that I talked about earlier, you know, she'd mentioned that she was a lawyer. That's a very smart person. You got to be smart as shit to be a lawyer. There's so much stuff that you have to know to be a lawyer you can't just coast your entire life if you want to go practice law you can't do it so i know that there are definitely smart people and educated people good students but and maybe i'm wrong but i feel like a majority of comedians are are that c student and not that they're average people but they, they sort of, they find a way to get by and they might stick to that way and just plateau forever. Who knows? Who knows? Is this rant too marijuana inspired? I have no idea. Am I getting too deep? Maybe. It, it's possible. These are all things that I'm trying to figure out though. Why don't we go up more? What it, What is that about? And how important is taking time off? 
like if we're talking about self-care and, and happiness and all of that stuff, there's definitely a such thing as burnout where you're working too much and you just you need to take time off and relax, put your slippers on, play your Nintendo. Everybody needs some of that. How important is time off versus actually doing it? What is that balance? Is it 80-20, 50-50 for some people? Who knows? I got to get other comedians on and ask them about this. As of right now, this is like, this is an open discussion. I would just love to hear from anybody who has an opinion on this. Uh, or just what they have to, yeah, yeah, whatever, what what they have to say. Because there's a lot that we're all trying to figure out. And, you know, whatever. If I can help, I would love to. This, this These are just my thoughts on the matter. Who knows, man? Who knows? Um... You know, I've kept you here for, what, some some 40 minutes, maybe? I've talked about what I want to talk about. I think, you know, I have one last thing. I'll just, I'm going to say this, and then, you know, we can all get on with our lives. I was driving to work this morning, and I passed by one of those automatic speed limit readers. You know, like, the cops will put them up, like, right under an actual speed limit sign. It's one of those electronical things. You'll pass by it, it'll say 37 right under the 35, and like it'll flash those things. You know those things. They're weird. I don't know exactly what they do. I remember when I first saw one, I thought I was actually going to get in trouble. Like some of them will have the red and blue lights flashing above them. They, I mean, they're asking you to slow down. That's what they're doing, and they're trying to scare you. It's a scare tactic. You see the police lights flashing like holy shit I'm going to jail they know I have coke you know it told me to slow down like if you're going fast enough the thing will tell you to slow down it won't even give you a number like if you're going 60 in a 35 it's not going to tell you that you're going 60 it'll just say slow down so everybody sees right it's like the machine it's a public shaming system for speeders the machine's going, hey, everybody, look at this piece of shit over here going over the speed limit. You know, there are children around. White children, nonetheless. Has that thing ever really stopped anybody? You know? You ever see that you're speeding and don't slow down? It's literally just driving. I don't need a judgy robot telling me to drive slower. I'm all right. I got a Kanye West song for that. I've actually gotten to the point that just seeing one of those makes me want to drive faster i love seeing when it says slow down it's my way of showing off in front of other people yeah i know there's a police station right by guess fucking what i'm still going over still telling me to slow down i don't know most of them are only programmed to show speeds like 10 over or whatever the sign says which makes me think that as long as it doesn't tell me to slow down, I'm fine, right? That makes me think they should just increase the speed limit of every sign by nine miles and just fuck off. What What are we doing? What is that? It's just a small traffic frustration. That's all it is. And I felt like I had to talk about it because it kind of ruined my morning. Slow down. It's, con it's condescending almost. The thing is being an asshole a little bit. All right, man, that's it. That's it. See ya.
What if I just ended it like that? Uh, um, that's all I have to talk about. That's really all I should talk about. Um, and yeah, we're going to do one of these every two weeks. And the editing will be a little bit different. And it'll sound better. It won't just be somebody who sat down, recorded something, and then put it on the internet. It's going to be a little more thoughtful than that. So if you like the new whatever, the new uh, sound, if you like the new sound, let me know. Or let me know what I could do better. I don't know. I'm open to criticism. Except if you're talking about my small teeth. There's nothing I can do about that. And that criticism I am not open to. So please keep that to yourself. What was I talking about? Uh, yeah. That's that's it. I'm going to get out of here as always. All questions, comments, queries, concerns. Welcome at comedianordinairgmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. I have to go take a shower it is I won't say what time it is actually I'm not gonna say that but I, I need to take one you know cuz you got to do those you got you got to do those so I'm gonna go do that enjoy this outro music if you're driving please don't look at your phone all right that's great well I'll, I'll, I'll see you in two weeks